Welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they're open for business 24-7, serving hot, fresh food. Ramon, we really should have done this particular episode with those new goofy-looking helmet protectors, shields, safety <laughs> things, apparatuses that the Steelers are wearing this week at minicamp. What do you think of those things? Very, very interesting, man. <laughs> very interesting, for sure. Uh, at first, I was like, oh, they really are using those things? They look like somebody beat them up and there's a bunch of knots on their head. <laughs> or, they, <laughs> or they got stung by like a million bees. It's like they got knots on their head, dude. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of great kazoo references. If you go way back in the old Warner Brothers cartoons, there's um, I've seen that they look like they're just giant molecules. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's very different. And, and before we get into the seriousness of why those helmets are actually being worn, I have to ask you. There's no way that the players aren't poking fun at each other because they do look ridiculous. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let me tell you this. Anytime you add anything that's not uniform based to a, a player's outfit, it's going to be made fun of. I guarantee you there was some apprehension. Like, man, I ain't wearing this. This looks goofy. Uh, and you want to know why I know why? And it goes all the way down to the kids that I've coached here for flag football. I bought them like I basically bought them those helmets, the shell, I, the rugby helmets. I bought those for them because in flag football, there's no head protection. These kids are zooming right past each other. And I was like, y'all need to put these on because I'm worried about your head and stuff like that. It's like, coach, do we really? I was like, yeah, don't have an option. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so because of that, it. nobody wants anything outside of their uniform on them, man. Uh, there's even for anybody who doesn't know this at football practices, even before the great kazoo helmets came into being, <laughs> there were different things that they would ask certain players, defensive players to wear uh, that, that, was, that was supposed to make them stand out in drills. They wear like these red, yeah. uh, these caps, basically, that the would, caps, be, draped, yeah. Yeah, that would mm -hmm. be draped over the helmet. So there's always been something. But yeah. this, this is for safety. And that's actually what I wanted where, 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 what I wanted to ask you about today is that yeah. how the players feel about that because they have to know that it's for their own good but at the same time <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah the same way that my flag football kids knew that it was for their own good after the fact because I had moms and dads hey I appreciate you doing this for my kid they'll recognize the exact same things as far as NFL players go and this is the the one point of it we speak about injuries that happen in practice. Heck, you don't even give yourself a, a chance on game day to make it, you know, to, to the to, to the field. And for this right here is another measure to try to prevent a game like a during the week injury. And of course, with everybody being more conscious about the, you know, concussions and the head health and mental health and, you know, just all of those things. This is a part of it. And I'll say this too: Coach Tomlin has never really shied away from taking that next step as far as health goes if he if there was something that was about to be uh you know brought into the rules of, of practice or just a new protocol he would tell us we're doing it you have no option either get with it or you got to go find a different job because we're gonna abide by those rules and the the last part in which i saw it that made me say whoa they're doing this as far as the bubbles on their helmet this originated in college if i'm not mistaken a it lot did. of these yep. younger guys are already 
they're used to this. They're used to the look of it. You probably got somebody like Cam Hayward. It's like, man, I ain't wearing that. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, <Cam>. you are. <laughs> but it, it it came up from the college ranks as far as trying to, you know, lessen the blows during the week on the head. Now, this head coach was asked about these helmets at <laughs> minicamp earlier this week, and he made it sound like like something that he had to deal with at the cultural <laughs> level. Where, in other words, he, he, he the way he phrased this was something like, it's something we're going to endure, or like it's something that we're going to, you know, we're, yeah. we're, it is what it is. We're going to do the job. And he understood that when he was putting these things on everybody and, you know, TJ Watt with his giant head and everything, and, and, and it looks silly that it was going to, it was going to be a distraction. Just, human nature that is at, at, at practice at the same time devil's advocate here okay if this makes players heads safer yeah why yeah. why limit it to practice because it's about the product on game day as i said a second ago dk it's about getting them to practice getting them to the game if i'm hurt on the job I can excuse it a little bit more. And this is also the other side of why just practice. Well, in practice, you get some hard hits happening there, too. We're not going to act like it's all peaches and cream or just going through the motions. No, 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 no. Think about how many days in camp you're going to be full padded. Think about during the game week. You got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practices before you even get to the game as far as the physical aspect of it, too. So you're actually hitting more during the week, during this time of the year, during camp than you actually do in a game. In a game, I got three hours. Hell, during the season, I got three hours each day as far as practice times goes. So it's almost one of those things where baseball pitchers, right? Oh, he's hitting 90 pitches. Well, think about his warm-up pitches. Think about his bullpen pitches. They count them all. They count, they count them all. Them all. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you're, 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 the reps don't just go down, you know, just because it's the game. Like, all of those reps count. So as much as I can protect a guy in practice, I think, or I say, look out for his health more in practice, I think it's better for that person. Yeah, 17 games now in the regular season and and players yeah. have to be uh they have to be maintained and, and I, I guess whenever you look at the whenever you look at the benefits to this uh, again it's one of those things that makes you wonder why it took so long, you know? Yeah. I mean, this, people's heads were people's heads 20, 30 years ago, you know? Yes, they were. Yes, they were, man. I, I hear and and of course it's the young going joke when you look at people or whenever a guy does something stupid, you be like, "Man, I bet he played football with a soft helmet." You know what I'm saying? Like that's that joke out there because you understand yeah. what those hits yeah. can do to the head. That's, you understand what what that can actually do to a player over the course of their career. So, again, football ain't soft. <laughs> It's the parameters and how you play it now. And I was looking at some of the conversation from my pod the other day and um, looking at people say, like, you can still play a hard game, you know, when it comes down to football. And this is just another parameter to have guys ready for game day. When we come back, Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson here on the Ramon Foster Show. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. The Cleveland Browns are in the news, and as usual, it's not good news because that's just kind of what the Browns 
do. You know, it's 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 who they are. They and the Washington franchise seem to be in a perpetual tie in in this regard here. Moan, uh, the Deshaun Watson accusations are obviously way serious and they're way yeah. more relevant than anything that's football based. However, however, this is a football yeah. program and I, I what's Roger waiting for? What's Roger Goodell waiting for? Can you figure this out? Man, I I don't know. It's almost like one of the, it's this has been the issue with the NFL is do the right thing, but then they don't know how to do the right thing because they overdo it at times. This one, I don't even think you can overdo it. Like I've talked about it numerous times when it comes down to him. And anytime I can laugh at the Browns, I will laugh at them. And this is one of those situations. It's the right uh, thing to do. It then, just it's a it's a wholesome and virtuous thing to do. It really is, man. But I'm looking at it, and I can understand maybe the business side of it. When he cleared, when he was cleared from the grand jury, you're like, "Oh, we got something." But then you're like, "Well, he said he wasn't coming to you guys, so you oversold him on a deal to get him into your stadium, so that you can become a franchise and say you got a ready-made quarterback that you can finally compete with." They've done all the things necessary to try to get a good team. They even bashed the quarterback to get him out of town. Is this this saga is by far the most stupid, unstable, silliest thing I've ever seen from an organization. Baker is the, and again, I'll crack on Baker because I'm a damn stiller. That's what I'm going to do, okay? And he beat us in the playoff game. I can also tip my hat to that, tip, tip my hat to that also, okay? With that being said, why get rid of that guy so soon because Deshaun's on the market? When he has been your in-house quarterback, when Deshaun is also bringing a lot of baggage along with him. Again, when they gave him that deal, DK, I said this. This is going to bring a lot more problems than it is solutions for them. Simply because now you've rewarded him. Now that we know more about all of these things with social injustice, with racism, with the way abuse is, as far as any any type of, of, of issue that has risen up. You want to take this one on and not only that, but give him 200 and whatever million dollars fully guaranteed. And the slap in the face to me was this. You gave his base salary of one million dollars because you expected him to be suspended at some point. So because of that, Cleveland Browns, you suck. That's terrible. So with Roger Goodell, sorry for my rant, y'all. But on Roger Goodell, at first I was thinking, man, he'll probably get eight. And then when this 24th person came along, I was like, oh, no, uh, uh-uh. it's about 10 to 12. And now I continually look at this. I say the NFL, I'm looking at Trevor Bauer's situation. They gave him two years and his two years basically run through the rest of his contract. So that means he's not going to get paid. Major League (laughs) Baseball, Trevor Bauer, uh, and his went to court. Um, and, and, And so I said to this, I said, if he got two years, the NFL got to look at their model. And I say that $1 million is so big of a slap in the face for his base salary this year, as far as the Sean Watson go, that they got to take all of it. You can't just get some. Actually, you know? Moan, Moan, let me throw this in too, okay? The $1 million base salary from Cleveland management to uh-huh. the franchise quarterback, as you said, is based on the belief that he's going to be suspended. Yep. Hence, hence, it is a tacit acknowledgement on the part of the Browns that they think he's guilty. Come on, man. They think he's guilty. I mean, they they acknowledged it in the contract. 
We've seen people, man. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I can't. I don't have anything else. That, that that just to me is the is the thing that just blows your mind here. You DK, know, in the world of just living, everybody wants to belong. Everybody wants to be in the in crowd. Everybody just wants to friggin' win in life. Some get desperate, and that's where Cleveland is right now. They're in the modern era of still losing. They've had first rounder after first rounder after first rounder after so much talent, and they lose. They have been the bottom 16 of the NFL since the 2000s, okay? And they may have sprinkled in a a good season here or there, but they have always been to me, and I'm sure to the rest of Steeler Nation, just the damn Browns. So with that being said, I'd almost suggest for Deshaun, just so you can actually get to the, the gist of his deal, and I'm pro player, you know that, DK, but this is some sick, crazy stuff going on. I say this year, Brown, since you already just given him a million, okay, take the million away while they always while they also gave him $45 million to sign or 44 to sign too. Let's not forget that. But I think they got to take half of next year. I said to me, uh, a, a just suspension would probably be about 24 to 26 games. Oh, my. Cleveland Is that Browns. fair? It, it's you know what? Well, it's fair within the Trevor Bauer context for sure. But and, and, yeah. it, at some point or other, you know, and, and we went through this once with Ray Rice yeah, and, and where you have to say this thing right here, yep. this event that's in front of us, this will not be tolerated. This will be the last episode of this that we will even look at. We're going to put something into place that is so restrictive that is going to serve as a legitimate deterrent to certain types of behavior. And man, I, I, again, I, there's a restricted list, Moan. They could be, they could have him on it right now. They, they could, could have him on it right now. And, and if you look into the detail of it, I know we're going long and this is a very polarizing conversation to be had. But the, the last lady, the 24 is what we're called because I don't know her name. With her situation, she said that she walks in the room expecting to massage Deshaun Watson. And he's laid out on the table in the in the uh, happy baby pose with his feet in his hands. DK, I've had numerous massages. Never have I ever put my feet in my hand, feet in my hands and wait on somebody to massage me. That is a oh. yoga move with clothes on. Oh, man. So it gets kind of sick. It's it's right there. And sometimes it's worth uh, sometimes it's worth getting into the sordid details just so that people can't cover up, you know, how, how really uh, twisted this guy's actions allegedly were. When we come back, hopefully a much more pleasant hey moan subject with no beetle <laughs> positions and Take stuff. That, Browns. Jeez. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show, and this is time for our Hey Moan segment, and today's is really good. It's, it comes from Jim Fairfield up in Erie, and he says, Hey Moan, with all the emphasis this offseason on the state of the offensive line, it occurs to me that a lot of us might not have a real handle on what it takes to play each position, the skill set, the physical requirements, the type of temperament needed to excel sometimes it might seem like it's just a bunch of big strong guys pushing around other big strong guys here 
Uh, and, and Jim also throws in shout out to you two guys. The rapport you show on the show is amazing and all kinds of other nice stuff. Thanks, Jim, for that. Thanks. thanks Go man. ahead, Moan. Go ahead, Moan. So there is a difference, man. I, I think you could almost look at some body types and you'd say you can kind of plug and play. Like I can put two together and so I can put a body type of center and guard together and they can play either position, but I cannot put a center at tackle. You feel me? Like that's where I'm at with that description. It's it's a different. Go ahead. You couldn't put Marquise at tackle. He could play it, but that ain't the position. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 Marquise could do anything. Okay. Would you right. want him there? No, 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 no. no. You want him. It's, it's you want him in the middle. Yeah. Okay. So I can put a guard at tackle, but I couldn't put a tackle at center either. Because the body types are different. So let me explain it to you just, just as quick as I can, as basic as I can. A center, you probably want about 6'4 or less. You want them to have really good hips. You need them to be very athletic. And they need to be able to have the mental fortitude to handle as much as a quarterback can also. Um, they have to be able to be ambidextrous as far as the way they move left and right. You look at the way Marquise get in his stance, it's square it's his hips are underneath them his feet have always been quick the ability to have good leverage and sink and drive is something that's is necessary at the center position you don't have to be very big but you better be able to be very strong or you better be very strong um it's golly this is a really good question so for that's a center position you got to be more even but he can't go out and play tackle the same way the athletes at that position are simply because you need them more square body guys. That doesn't mean that they just march in a, in a line or anything like that. It just means they have a knack to just being able to be towards the line of scrimmage and not really switch up their movements because they can't, they got to be neutral. So let's move to the tackle position tackles. They're paid like it, and people respect them as being the most athletic lineman on the field. And most of the times you do. You want a taller guy with long arms, mostly a, let's say, a thicker basketball player is what you're looking for. A 300-pound basketball player. If you got a tackle on your team and he probably can't dunk the ball and never played basketball or at least hooped or did something as far as hand, eye, feet coordination, he ain't your tackle. I'm going to just be completely honest with you. Those dudes need to be very athletic. And when I mean very athletic, I'm talking about being able to block a defensive lineman that just ran a 4-4 at the combine. And it looks like it. You know, you got to be able to get out as quick as you can with your feet. And not just that, the range in which they have to play. Like a guy, for instance, you say, okay, well, Mo, there's Kelvin Beecham. This is the other thing about Kelvin Beecham. His arms are long as hell. His footwork has always been damn good. He's flexible, he's agile, and he has good speed when he plays that position also. This is the other part in which you have a guy that's undersized at tackle position. They have to be very, very, very technical if you're going to be an undersized guy. The hips have to be very fluid to the side that you're playing on also. It's um, not, I wouldn't say not as strong as guards and centers, but they have to have good strength so that they're not bullied. They're more lean. See, it's funny whenever people talk about tackles in general, and this I'm talking mostly about like a casual observer of football. Yeah. I think I think your your brain first goes to the Andrew Whitworth types. Yep. Uh, going back further, Jonathan Ogden, uh, when he was in Baltimore, who were just so massive. Yeah. And, of course, had the long arms and everything else. To some extent, they could just exist 
and play the mm-hmm. position. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Ab- Whereas absolutely. that's not that's not how it rolls for most tackles. It just isn't. No. No, it's, it's, it's not anymore, man. It's all about being the athlete at the position more than anything. Um, just just looking at a young guy like Dan Moore, man. He's a guy that's 6'5". I think he ranges about 280. But if you look at him in his stance, you look at him, he's balanced up as far as his hips. His hips are good. He kicks out really well when it comes down to, to getting a, uh, his stance. I'm not sure what his measurables are as far as his arm length, but I guarantee on to you, his arms are as long as anybody's in the entire NFL, okay? Simply because you got to have good range of that position because the best way to get to a fast defensive end is to put your hands on him. You know what I'm saying? Just being completely honest with you. So, go ahead. So the other position, guards. Guards get kind of thrown into a box where they're not athletes. You know, like that's always been a running joke when it comes down to uh, offensive offensive linemen. Well, they're not athletes. You can just plug anybody in that position. And that's, that's not necessarily true. By the way, Dan Moore, 6'5", 315. Very lean guy still. Okay, arms long as ever. Now he's, he's, he's built like that too. He's a lean looking offensive line. I was, I spent some time with him the other day at his stall and he's just got a t-shirt on and whatever else. Yeah. Here. That's definitely the build. But, but you would also categorize him as athlete, right? Oh yeah. He's got, I mean, he's got like, um, he, he's got the, the, the big athletic legs that you want in a tackle who can move yeah. for you. Okay. Chooks has that to an extent too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, yes, but Dan Moore, very Dan, much yeah, so yeah, yeah. Dan Moore has it as well. Uh, that was one thing we always said about Chooks early on. Chooks is a phenomenal specimen. Okay. Just he's, he's a freak. Yeah. He's, he's a, freak. a freak. Okay. So that's a tackle for you. Point blank period. So for, uh, I'm going to train the kid today. Actually, he plays tackle. He's six, eight, 265 and they worried a little bit about his weight and i'm like no he's fine when he gets to college he'll put on that extra weight he'll probably be 6'8 300 305 by the time he makes it to the next level how old is he he's a junior right now he's 6'8 265 i'm about to go train him today because with tackles it's all about footwork it's all about knowing when to punch so let's go to the body type of a guard me i'm a former college tackle but, you know, the separator as far as playing a position, I said you got to be one of the best athletes out there. I played basketball, football, track, all those things coming up. So I was able to do that in college. When it comes to being elite and playing in the NFL, the one knock I've always had on my career is speed. You better be quick playing tackle. You see what I'm saying? A guard can a tackle can be a guard, but it's harder for a guard to be a tackle. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's I, I similar do. in positions, but there is a speed component. Is there athleticism component of playing tackle that's different from guard? And I'm oh. not saying guards aren't athletes, but what I'm saying is a tackle is probably going to run a 5-1 at its highest. A guard can run a 5-3-5-4 and still be a Hall of Famer. Oh, Jim, look what you started, man. I know. This is did. a whole seminar. This, Jim, this is like, Jim just like he did this. He, he lit a match. He threw it into the pile and went running. <laughs> I started an offensive line discussion. <laughs> yeah. We're going so- to have to carry this over into another oh, day well. of discussing Ramon's elite athleticism <laughs> and some of the greatest pool blocks you've ever seen in NFL history. Alas, this show has to come to an end here. That's it, Jim. Look what you did. (laughs) See, Jim. Let's do one more tomorrow, Mo. (laughs) Yes, indeed.